Well, good morning. We're so glad to be in the Lord's house today and so glad to see you that you've come to share with us in the services today. And as our boys and girls go to their service, we're grateful for every person who has made their way to the house of the Lord today, whether you're a member here or you're a guest, whoever you might be, wherever you're from, we want to welcome you today and make you feel at home here in the Lord's house. I have some very special guests with us this morning. My great niece, uh, Cindy and Jason uh, Husky, their family, they're seated back toward the back. You can spot them if you look around at them, but, <laughs> but uh, we're glad that they're here with us today. If you would take your Bibles and turn to the book of Acts, chapter 1. Uh, since the first Sunday in February of last year, I've been preaching about Jesus building his church. And we started in Matthew chapter 16. Last Sunday we finished up the book of Matthew. And I've struggled this week about where to go. But the Lord wouldn't let me get away from he's still building his church. So the story goes into Acts chapter 1. So if you'll just uh, find that in your Bible today, and we're, we're going to just dive in, and I don't know how far we'll get, but uh, the church is continuing to be built. But I want to ask you to stand with us out of reverence to the Word of God as we read the first five verses of this book today. Luke says, The former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. Now catch those words. All that Jesus began to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up after that he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which, saith he, you have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Let's pray together. Thank you, Father, for your word. We stand before you this morning just to submit ourselves into your hands and ask you to take us and use us, Lord, as you would see fit. We pray that you would bless your church, O Lord. God, I pray that as you continue to build your church, Lord, in the hearts and minds of men and women and boys and girls, help us to remember that, Father, that Jesus loved the church and gave himself for it. Father, help us to love the church and give ourselves for it. Father, we pray today that your Holy Spirit will just move among us. We pray that if there's one among us today who is not saved, that this would be that wonderful time that you would convict their heart and bring them to that place of repentance and trusting Jesus as their Lord and Savior. We pray that you'll meet every need in every life that is here today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you and be seated, please. 
The writer of the gospel of, or the book of the Acts of the Apostles is Luke. Luke, the same one who wrote the book of Luke. And Luke was a physician. Luke tells us in his writings that he, he wrote these things from interviews that he did with the followers of Jesus Christ. He addresses this book to a man, the same one that he addressed it to in Luke. He says, the former treatise have I made, O Theophilus. Who is this Theophilus? Well, the best that I can find out, Theophilus was probably a high up ranking official in the Roman government. His name Theophilus means beloved of God. And it's broken down from two Greek words, Theo, which means God, and Philus, which means lover of God, or to be loved by God. He is called most excellent Theophilus in Luke. Luke drops that title here. And that word excellent probably meant that he was a ranking member of the Roman army somewhere in that area. But this man evidently wanted to know more about Jesus. Perhaps he had been one of those who had stood by the cross. Perhaps he had been one of those that had helped to try Jesus and to bring him to that cross. We don't know that. But he wanted to know more about Jesus. And Luke had written his first book to him, but it only went through the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus. Now in this book, he picks up there and continues on writing to Theophilus. Oh, the former treaties or the former writings that I've made, O oh Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. You see, Jesus, all the time that he was here on earth, was working toward a goal. He was working toward his church being built. Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Jesus has died for his church. And Luke wants to tell Theophilus all the things that Jesus began. Get that word, began. There was a beginning point of it, but it continues on. Began to do and teach. Jesus taught many things to his disciples, and we've studied that over the course of these months, of what he taught his disciples about the kingdom of God. And he'll continue to teach them until the day in which he was taken up. Luke is referring to not only his resurrection from the grave, but his being taken up into heaven. And he's speaking at the time here when Jesus is still on earth. Until the day that he was taken up, after that he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. We find the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit becoming a predominant theme in the book of Acts. 
And in the first few words of his introduction here, Luke introduces us to the Holy Ghost, that he, Jesus, through the Holy Ghost. Had you ever thought about that it was through the Holy Spirit that Jesus taught his commandments? To be honest with you, I hadn't given that much thought. Jesus had the power within himself, but yet it was through the Holy Ghost that he taught other people. It's through the Holy Ghost that if you learn anything today, it'll be through him that you're, you learn. He's still our teacher. Through the Holy Ghost has given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. We remember those apostles, they're now only 11. Judas has killed himself. But he's still giving them commandments. These are still his chosen people. These are still the ones that Jesus chose to carry on the ministry and the work of the church after he ascends back to heaven. Verse 3, it says, To whom also he showed himself alive, after his passion by many infallible proofs. Now last Sunday we only studied a very few of those people that Jesus appeared to after his resurrection. But the Bible continues to tell us about the people that Jesus showed himself to. Why did he do this? To prove that he is alive. You see, there was that great lie that was spread that his disciples had came and took him out of the tomb and hid his body somewhere. And that lie spread far and wide and it's even still going to today. But the truth is that Jesus arose from the dead and he appeared to his disciples and to other people. Why? To prove that he arose from the dead. You say, have you seen him? No, I haven't. But I've talked with him. I've walked with him. He lives with me. Somebody says, well, how's, what's the proof that Jesus is alive? Well, we're going to study that. As his disciples give, give record after record after record of his life after he arose from the dead. You say, well, I, I have to see people before I believe it. How many of you believe that George Washington was the first president in the United States? Would you raise your hand? Hey, some of you don't believe that. <laughs> I wasn't there, were you? But I've read history, and it tells me that George Washington was our first president. So I believe that. But I have the Word of God here today, which is far more accurate than history. And it tells us that Jesus is alive, that He arose from the dead, and He lives forevermore. He showed Himself alive after His passion, after He had died, by many infallible proofs. Let me give you some of the ones that the Bible tells us about that Jesus appeared to. The Bible tells us that he first appeared to Mary Magdalene, that woman that he had cast seven demons out of her. He appeared to her first. Then there 
were the women who were running to tell the disciples that Jesus had arisen from the dead. Jesus met them on the way. You remember what he said to them? All hail or oh joy. He appeared to Peter. Peter, that one who denied him when Jesus was being tried. Denied him three times. And Jesus appeared to Peter. It was important for him to appear to Peter. He wanted to establish Peter. Peter was to become one of the main leaders in the church. He appeared to Peter. He appeared to the two disciples, the two on the road to Emmaus. He walked with them and he talked with them and he opened the scriptures to them. But their eyes were blinded and they didn't recognize him until they invited him into their home and as they broke bread together, then their eyes were opened and they recognized that it was Jesus. Now this is after his resurrection. He appeared to the disciples in that upper room. Thomas was not there that particular time. But a few days later, Jesus appeared to that whole group and Thomas was there. It was that Thomas that had said, I won't believe until I can put the finger in his nail prints in his hand and thrust my hand into his side. And Jesus stood there before Thomas and said, come Thomas, put your finger in the nail prints of my hand, thrust your hand into my side and see that it's me. Why did he appear to him? To prove that he's alive. The disciples went fishing out on the Sea of Galilee. They hadn't caught anything. They'd fished all night. One of them looks over on the shore and they see someone over there with a fire built up. And one of them says, that's Jesus. You remember what Peter did? Peter just jumped overboard and began to swim towards shore. He wanted to go and be with Jesus. And Jesus had their breakfast fixed there that day. And Jesus taught Peter some very wonderful lessons there in that meeting that morning. Paul tells us in the book of 1 Corinthians that he appeared to over 500 believers at once. We don't know where that took place. It might have been here that Luke is writing about when Jesus ascends to heaven, that there was a group of people that was gathered out there on the mountain that day. He appeared to all the apostles. The Bible says he appeared to James. After his ascension, the Bible tells us in the book of Acts that he appeared to Stephen, that godly deacon who was being stoned for his faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. As they threw the rocks at him, and as he fell there, he looked up toward heaven, and there he saw Jesus. The Bible also tells us here in the book of Acts about him appearing to a man on the road to Damascus. A man whose name was Saul. A man who had persecuted the church. A man who hated Jesus. And he hated Jesus' followers. 
But Jesus appeared to him that day, struck him blind. He was blind for three days until Jesus sent Ananias to go over and touch his eyes and the scales fell off like fishy's scales. Now these are the things the Bible tells us that Jesus appearing and Luke calls them infallible proofs. Something's infallible means you can't shake it. It's on solid foundation. He said, by, he, he's appeared himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them 40 days. Jesus spent 40 days here on the earth after his resurrection. What's significant about 40? I don't know, but it's mentioned a lot in the Bible. There was a 40-day flood. Do you remember that? Forty days that Jesus was upon the earth. Going about, appearing to people, teaching people. And the Bible says he was doing this in verse 3 there. Speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Jesus had spent his whole ministry speaking and teaching about the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. God's rule in the heart of man. And he continued to do that these 40 days. Verse 4 says, and being assembled together with them. If you read that really, uh, in the Greek it says, as they ate together. Being assembled together with them, his disciples, commanded them. He's giving them a command now. He commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem. You see, he had met with them up in Galilee. He had met with them in Jerusalem. Here they are back in Jerusalem. They're at the place where they're supposed to be. And Jesus commanded them to not depart from Jerusalem. Well, what are they supposed to do? Well, listen to the next part of that sentence. But wait. Wait. Hmm. Waiting is one of the hard things in life. Do you know that? Wait. Waiting doesn't necessarily mean just sitting around twiddling your thumbs. But waiting means on... Wait, wait until God tells you to go. Wait until God speaks. Many times it's in prayer that we wait upon the Lord. The Bible says, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Waiting on the Lord is a very important part of any Christian's life. Many times when we have decisions to make, we make impulse decisions and we make the wrong decision. But if we'll take it before the Lord and wait upon the Lord and get the answer from the Lord, it's always the right answer. But we get impatient. We need to learn to wait upon the Lord. It's a hard thing to do. 
We live in a fast-paced world today where it's just this, that, the other. You can get on the internet and find anything just very quickly. But we need to wait. They needed to wait. But wait. Wait for what? Wait for the promise of the Father. The Father is given a promise. You wait for that. Which he saith, which saith he, you have heard of me. What promise was that? I'll take you back to John chapter 14. Jesus had told his disciples that he was going away and they couldn't go with him. And he said these words, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Jesus also spoke in John chapter 16 concerning the coming of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit would come. The Comforter, he calls him. And he says he'll convince the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment to come. The Holy Spirit was to come. The Holy Spirit is that promise that Jesus is talking about here. Jesus talked much about him there in John chapter 16 and other places. But this is that promise that he's talking about. The promise of the Father. Jesus said, now don't be surprised. You've heard this from me. What's he coming for? Look at verse 5. For John, John the Baptist we call him, not John the Apostle, but John the cousin of Jesus. John truly baptized with water. That's what John the Baptist was known for, his baptisms in water. He was a great man of God. He was a man bold enough to stand up to Herod the king and tell him that it was unlawful for him to take his, his brother's wife. Of course, it cost John the Baptist his head too. But he was a man sent from God. He was the forerunner of Christ. He was that one that came preparing the way for Christ. John truly baptized with water. People got excited when John came and they'd go out to see the baptisms that he was doing. Even Jesus went to him one day and requested baptism. John said, no, I'm not worthy. You ought to be baptizing me. Jesus said, suffer it to be so, for thus it becomes us to fulfill all righteousness. And he baptized Jesus in water there. And the Bible tells us that when Jesus came up out of the water, that the Holy Spirit descended from heaven and lit upon him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven that said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. I don't know if you've ever caught this or not, but you can see the Trinity there. At that baptism. Here's Jesus standing on the shore after the baptism. 
the Holy Spirit descending in the form of a dove coming and resting upon him, the voice of God coming from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. It's the same Spirit that is coming. John truly baptized with water. But you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days hence. There's still some time. That's why you need to wait. Wait until everything is right. We studied about his great commission that he'd given to his church there last Sunday of going into all the world, preaching the gospel to every creature. We, we find that five different times and five different ways throughout the scriptures that Jesus commanded us to do that. But he's telling his disciples, you wait until the time is right. You wait until the Holy Spirit has come. You wait until you're empowered by the Spirit of God before you go. You see, we like to do things in our own power. We like to get the credit for it. But when you go in the power of the Holy Spirit of God and you share Jesus with those that you come in contact with and the Spirit of God works in their heart and in their life and they come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, we cannot take any credit for that. We must give all the credit to the Lord. He's the one who does it. I've never saved one soul in my life. I couldn't save my own soul. I had to trust Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. And you see, that's what we're to do. We're to be a witness for our Lord Jesus Christ. We're to point others to Him. He is the Lord. He is the Savior. He's the only one that can save a lost and dying world. What's the answer in Ukraine today? Jesus. What's the answer in Russia today? Jesus. What's the answer in the United States? Jesus. What's the answer in Etowah, Tennessee? Jesus. Still Jesus, isn't he? Jesus, what a wonderful name. I love those songs we sung this morning about Jesus. There's a name above all others. Oh, what a wonderful name, the name of Jesus. Friend, do you know him as your Lord and Savior today? If you don't, I'd like to introduce you to him. I'd love to have the opportunity just to share with you from the Word of God how you can know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Let the Holy Spirit of God work in your life and let him bring you to Jesus as Lord and Savior. Maybe others here today that you've gotten anxious and you've run ahead of God and you've got yourself in trouble because you didn't wait upon the Lord. And we often do that. I'm guilty myself sometimes. But you know what? We have a loving Savior. We have one who's willing to forgive us. Even when we've messed it up and we've just blown it, He still comes and puts His arm around us. And when we're willing to confess our sins to Him, He's willing to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. In this invitation time today, you have the opportunity to respond to God's invitation on your life. We're going to ask you to stand and bow your heads in a moment of prayer.
And as God speaks to your heart today, just allow Him to direct your path. Allow Him to tell you what to do. Father, we just want to tell you that we love you. We thank you for loving us, O oh Lord. Thank you that you have already sent your Holy Spirit into this world, that He's here now. And one of His jobs is to convince us or convict us of our sin, to convince us of our, the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ, and to convince us that we face judgment out there and that we need to be ready. Father, we pray today for that soul that's here that does not know you as their Lord and Savior. Lord, would you just give them a very special invitation today to come and trust you as their Lord and Savior. Our brothers and sisters in Christ who are here today who may be hurting and needing some comfort from you, Lord, just meet every need that's in their life. May you be glorified. May you be magnified. Father, there's many people that are sick and afflicted today. Many in their homes today that are listening by means of radio and internet who are unable to come to the house of God and how they would love to be here, but they're physically unable. Would you reach down today and just touch their body and bring healing to them? Would you comfort them and strengthen them and help them to know, Lord, that they're not alone, but you're right there with them? Thank you, Father, for meeting with us today. May you be glorified. May you be magnified. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.